Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Precision Unloaded Podcast. This is episode 46 and you're once again joined by your hosts Mark and Graham. Um, thanks for coming along to what is, we think, the only uh, precision shooting podcast in New Zealand, so you don't really have any other options. Um, how are you, Mark? Yeah, not bad. Not, not bad. bad. Our podcast is almost as old as me <clears throat> in episodes. I think we're a few years away yet. Ah. It's it's a fair bit older than me. Not that I'm a spring chicken anymore either. Um, so, Mark, you've been busy shooting pigs, I hear. I hear what have I been up to? I've been on pig patrol because I'm starting to lamb in a week. So, um, so I've cracked a hundred for the year, which is a bit depressing. So, it's depressing and cool. And cool, yeah. Like last so, year, you were like, "Oh, there's not a lot of pigs around. I'm too efficient at pest control," and you got a bit bored. <laughs> this year, you've say. you've shot a lot of pigs. So it's like bad for the farm, but good for the trigger finger. Yeah, let me look at my overall lists do you record boars and sows or just pigs uh if it's a decent sized boar i always put the weight on and everything yeah you've not done too many big boars this year have you 2020 was 91 yeah so then yeah last year was only 36 so just smashing it 101 i'm up to now so it's good to see the local um the locals have released a few more pigs around your farm. Just to... Allegedly. Allegedly. I think maybe you're releasing them and you just don't want to admit it to me. Yeah, well, I shot another blue pig the other day and a pretty much a white one. So, so the ones that are not meant to be here? I'd say not. They don't yeah. look very traditional. No. But no, I've been finally getting happy with the Grendel, the Ruger American Ranch as a night vision gun so um i smacked a lot of goats during the day with it the other day just to test it out and it's you know it's killing really well on goats so it was probably my bad shooting or anything so so that night i went out and knocked over about five with it pigs so and all pretty clean kills so yep yeah, there's 123 grain eldm bullets the horny black ammo yeah so it's good I don't mind it. 10-round mag. Has it got a 10-round mag? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. See, I had the, the Howard's only got a 5-round mag um, in the mini-action, so that's... I mean, the action's a bit... <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's yeah, what they are. The Howard is smoother, wasn't it? Yeah. You have Sorry, because you have also have a Howard and Grendel. But, um, yeah, yeah. Because of reasons. Um, oh, cool. Now, that sounds like a great time. I, I'm trying to th- remember the last time I shot a pig at your place. Somehow it's been... Probably a year. Well, normally because they've got the other guys there. and It's Murphy's law. If I, someone comes out, I never see anything. <laughs> but, you know, if, like, if it's me, you, and someone else, and yeah, yeah. they don't do it often, it's like, well, they're going to shoot, aren't they? I don't care that much. No. Um, I'd rather shoot possums at the moment anyway. Um, oh, that sounds like fun, you know? Um, yeah. And I've, I've just been testing out a 6.5 PRC that, I, that landed on my lap. So that's been good. Grease the pig at 270 metres the other day, so... Um, what's it? It's a seconds precision 6.5 PRC. That sounds rather fancy. I might have to take some photos and put it on the podcast page. Yeah. If everyone ever knows yet, it's another nice uh, rifle. I've actually got a 6.5 uh, PRC as well, did you know? 
Yes, I did. You're cut half, yeah, it's great. On a lend lease basis from some... Yes, I, I feel person. like my, my lend lease sponsor is getting the rough end of the deal. <laughs> Eventually you'll default on it. Like yeah, no, you'll send the debt Post-war there. debt or something. <laughs> I'll have to start like sending you my weekly wage every week just to pay the interest. Um, so no. yeah, it's a nice rifle. Um, I'd never really pay much attention to them. So I started looking it up and... Thinking, oh, they're not too bad. So they have carbon fibre mags. Wait, wait. Let me guess. You looked it up after you'd bought it. Pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty normal for you. Normally, yeah. it's you message me and like and, and regret, like, oh fuck, what have I just bought? No, this, this is this is a reverse. So yeah, I thought it would have been overrated. Not not in a you know you know, but there's a lot lot to like about it. Um, very well built rifle. Yeah. Is, is it so? Is it replacing the the waypoint and the um, carbon light and the no no and the HNT twenty six and everything else? No, it's just uh, you know t- horses for courses. It's it's a better cut. Like all those pre mentioned Creedmoor six like Creedmoor or two sixty. So the PRC is a bit of for hunting, a bit better really in it. So yeah, um, you know if you're shooting reds and but anyhow. That's cool. We will talk about that gun going forward. We'll put some stuff up on the page and we'll... The only other thing that's happened is uh, my 375 Ruger dies have arrived, so... That was um, one of the speediest um, orders you've ever done. (laughs) Was a year and a half or something? (laughs) No, because I think some 375 H&H dies turned up at one point. Ah, that's right. Ran out and said, your dies are here. It's like, H? No, it wasn't. It was 375, you know. Yeah. Oh. Are they the same? No. <laughs> so we've so, um, yeah. So that'll be. So we'll start hand loading because I do Mark's loading. Oh, he got banned from loading. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we'll talk about that one day too. And then um, yeah. So that'll be pretty fun. We'll um, make some loads and then maybe we should actually go on a hunting trip together for once instead of just yeah. shooting goats. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we'll like see what these big soft point bullets do to animals. It'd be quite fun. Anyhow, so. Sounds like you've been having a lot of fun and a lot more shooting than me. Anyway, I've been. Uh, I'm trying to think when we last did a podcast if we talked about possums. We must have weird Collie on. Um, just possum shooting really lately. Possum. I've been shooting a few possums with the Voodoo when they're in my orchard. Um, That's what I got it for. So the Voodoo's now killed probably about twenty-five to thirty possums, five goats, a cat, and some hedgehogs. Um, Not it's, bad. It's 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 actually it's. Um, the voodoo is more effective than the New Zealand Green Party for looking after the environment, it seems. So there you go, politics. <laughs> um, but anyway, so this episode we're going to sort of touch on a match we went and shot um, the from New Zealand PRS, and then we're going to talk over our recent um, the Tikarangi Twenty Two, which is round two of the GPRE and TLRS Spark Twenty Two series. Um, so me and Matt, uh, me and Mark were both in sort of um, uh, match directing and admin roles and, and, and match stuff in this event. So we'll go over what we did there and how the day went, blah blah blah, and yeah, and whatever pops up, um, no doubt we'll talk about. So, yep, uh, we must have been a fortnight so ago. So you and Carl, yep, tripped yes. over to <laughs> we, we uh, all flunked off work. Um, not so much of an issue for Mark. Um, I. <clears throat> Normally, I'll just take the whole day off because um, 
as I tell some of my friends, work comes last. But I've been uh, uh, very busy, weirdly, at work, and so I end up going into work for the morning and then sort of whipping home at about 11, and then we shot straight off from my place. Um, yeah. Whipped down to further south, picked up Carl, who's one of the main men who helps us out with comps and everything and shooting and hunting. Um, not towing a side-by-side to Wairu was a, a rather nice change of pace. You know, we made it through the drive through without getting stuck, so... Did we go through? I can't even recall. Hara. Ah, yes, we did. No, we did. Um, it's obligatory to get... McDonald's. <laughs> fully, properly fueled for the competition. This is the... No, I, I mentioned you, Crap food. Yeah, you buy, like... Um, it's too, too much fucking work, everyone buying their own meals, right? So I sort out all the food, and then you think... Wait, I've spent like $150 on fucking food. We really should just start getting Phoebe to pack us a lunch or something, but <laughs> fucking hell, anyway. Um, what is this, the 1950s? <laughs> peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> oh, God. Not Lee's peanut butter. No, no, no. It's, it's got dog whiskers in it. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we headed, headed. We um, drove south to Wanganui and headed over. Is it the Parapara? Whatever the... the yeah, what people call a mountain range, it's just some hills um, through Fields Track uh, to Waiuru. And then the event was, I, I guess you'd call it Tai Happy Waiuru. It's, it's in behind the army training grounds. Yeah. Um, so just like cold, blustery place, which I'm, I've been assured is nice sometimes, but I've never seen it. Um, it's always cold and windy and, and luckily not too wet this time. But we went and stayed. We st- Where did we stay? Not the welcome, welcome in, maybe the welcome in, yeah, which was nice, pretty simple, but um, pretty cost effective. Um, as per normal, Mark got a um, the Ruger American of yeah, hotels, the Ruger American of hotels, a bit clunky, minimal machining, but um, it yeah. gets it done. Um, it looks like it was done in the nineties. Yeah, so of course Mark got a um, he booked himself a room with like a um, a I guess he had a jacuzzi and um. Uh, all the all the trimmings. Well, me and me and Carl, we had a hookers and blow, hookers and blow, wiru hookers, a top notch. You know, those, those army boys have got a lot of money to spend, so it attracts only the best prostitutes. Wiru, no, no. And so me and Carl, we had another room just next door. Uh, we went out to the pizza place because there's like nothing in Wairu for dinner. That was all good, <clears throat> and we actually went to bed. Well, Mark fell asleep, had coffee at night time and then fell asleep and then stayed awake all night and moaned about it but <laughs> we can't lie, we, went, we hit the hay early which was nice got a big sleep and we um, yeah, got up and head to this match and everyone was feeling pretty good apart from Mark who again had had no sleep um, again, probably but, nerves probably nerves yeah he was sort of you know yeah and uh, yeah again our match was at the same same venue as the previous PRS match um uh, 12 stages I think it was about th- just over 30 shooters um, what was the theme of the match for us high expectations lead to disappointment yeah so <laughs> this was like a lesson in like how to fuck things up how to how to not like dial your dope properly yeah. how to just flat out suck at shooting <laughs> like, how to lose to a guy who was taking photos half the shoot yeah. um, he did it one hand um, tied behind his back basically yeah and um, just like mate, just like it was, oh man, it's the worst I'd ever shot at a match. Um, and just I have from how Tapu 
two years ago. Yes, but I can't like blame a gun this time. Ah, oh, true. true. No gun was per- oh, apart from like one stage where I had a small mechanical. The game was fine. Was <laughs> <laughs> that when you threw your bag on the ground? Yeah. So I, oh, we must have So it was the first stage of the day. It was like a, a culvert, and there's like a target at oh, seven hundred meters. And like I sort of, I got on it pretty much straight away. I missed a couple of times, and then I was on it. And he had a real tight time, so I was just like bang, 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 bang. And then like I had a jam. I was like, oh fuck! So I'm like fiddling, trying to fix it, and then trying to take the mag out, and it's not working. And then I think I clear it, and then bolt won't go forward. And what the fuck? And did it a times up. <clears throat> and then fucking mags, I fuck the mag off and throw it on the ground. Um, much more less dramatically than Mark's making out, I'm sure. And then, but then I realised my bolt had decocked itself. Um, so the rifle I was running was my um, uh, was originally a Bagara B14 HMR and it's been rebarreled with a Hardy barrel and it's got a MDT um, XRS chassis so it's pretty it's it's not much of the original gun but um, it somehow decocked itself which I've never ever had um, no I don't know maybe I, I, I can't explain why I did it and so I sort of, there was no, even if I had figured that out under time, there was no fixing it under the clock. I had to remove the bolt and actually use the culvert to lever the, um, clip it back around into place. If you pulled apart like Remington 700 bolts or even uh, similar kind of to a Mauser bolt, because obviously most things are based on Mausers, got that fixed. And I was thinking, oh, okay, I still got, I still got pretty good points. I think I got four or five out of eight, four maybe. So not too bad, you know. So could you replicate that? How that did it? No, I'm only thing I can. Well, I'm trying. I was like maybe a little bit of junk flicked up, or maybe a primer or something. Can it grab the? Um, yeah. There's the. Oh, I'm not sure what to call it, but it's the part of your bolt which grabs the. I guess it's the back of the sear or something. The trigger and and it recocks the bolt. Yeah. Your firing pin. <clears throat> when you're doing that, you pull that back and you can turn the um the rear of the bolt, which decocks it. I don't know. I, I've tried to make it happen again. I'm just hoping it was a freak one off. Um, yeah, because I like the gun. And then right, that, that's that's yeah. all good. Um, so the the match was what twelve stages? Twelve stages. Yeah, twelve stages. Yeah. yeah. So pretty closely set. Yes. On a brow of a hill, looking out to about um, you could see targets further out to about twelve hundred, probably. I think the top of the hill. If if they were shooting that far away, I think the furthest target we shot was a K, wasn't it? Yeah, just around a K. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. most most of the match was inside of seven or seven fifty meters. Yeah, so nothing crazy, which is actually a really good distance. I like that um, intermediate. Um, and maybe maybe I like that purely because I always do better on the non-prone stuff, but um. No, yeah. I, I think it's a good balance to to have a, a, a one or two long, like a K, or maybe a bit longer, is great. But if you have too many, it just fucks people basically. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then yeah, I mean, it was just things like um, there's just I think it was, it was one or two stages later. There's a like the wind started getting quite bad. It was sort of um, between fifteen to. Um, 20 mile an hour sort of stuff mostly around 15 and the range sort of had a bit of a curve to it so some of it you're shooting straight into the wind maybe it had switched slightly left and right of center and yeah. then on um, sort of stages one to four it was almost 90 degree sort of um, right to left wind which um, made it a bit harder and uh, well, definitely for me on one stage and um, 
but there's a stage it was like a 300 meter target pretty big target like a 250 or 300 circle or something and he shot off the sort of side of it, each of the sort of old fence posts and with no real proper support and i was like yeah this stage is me this is my skill set to a t i love that stuff and for some reason i read one mil on my uh my data and i applied 0.1 and then managed to get really confused <laughs> why i wasn't hitting i managed to um sort of try a few random things and got a I think I got three hits, but it was just, and that just, and then it just from there, it was just like little mistakes. And, um, yeah. I did, I did all right on maybe six or seven stages where I sort of got, you know, six out of eight or seven out of eight, I think. But then, <clears throat> and then, yeah, and then really, and then the sort of most was okay. You'd get over 50%, which is pretty standard for the day with the conditions. And then I zeroed one of the stages towards the end of the day. I just, it wasn't overly hard. I just couldn't get my wind sorted and got a flat out zero. Um, what stage was that? So stage one, it had a target. At, it had, oh, like yeah. a, it had yeah, a yeah, short, yeah. medium, and intermediate target. By the time we got there, the short was broken. So we were yeah, just to shoot right. intermediate and along. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just I zeroed it. I just um, it all turned to custard for me. And I'm not. One thing I'll say, I, I was breaking. I was struggling, like the wind was buffeting me and I was breaking bad shots all day and I was, I was conscious of it and I maybe I could have slowed down and built better positions. But my trigger my trigger presses were um, reasonably amateur for some of the stages and that cost me. Like not just the wind, right? You, yeah, anyway, bad, bad shooting. Yeah. Bad thing. So yeah, I zeroed one stage. Um, how did you go, Mark? I uh, finished 18th, Graham. Nice. You beat Carl somehow. Out of uh middle of the pack there. So <laughs> mid-range, um, I zeroed three stages, so that, that, that didn't help. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> I think I couldn't hit the 1K. I no, I remember you said I, I, I got under it once. <laughs> the the 1,000-metre the stage was hard because the wind... No, no, I should have just eventually got on, but I didn't. Yeah. And obviously, this comp, this shoot, um, there's obviously no calling of assistance. So, so you basically only get hits and misses. That's all you get told. Yeah. So, for example, yeah, you know, which is well, what the same for everyone. So, so you just basically got to make sure you can spot what's happening. And uh, when yeah, I think on that one, I could yeah, I could see I was going left a bit due to the weather where the wind was it was a stage where the wind was direct directish but slightly you know one o'clockish sort of thing so i think it might have even flicked around to 11 ish at a, at a point in the day around that sort of direction so yeah uh the loophole was a nightmare for me i think most people had a battle with that but i just um got stuck on the round circle part of it had a basically a a diamond, a square, and a circle, and you had to shoot the targets that corresponded. It's like a, there's a diamond, hang diamond target, a square target, and a circle target out there. And you were basically, I don't know, what, four or five metres, or a couple of metres, no, probably, yeah, four or five metres away from the, the loophole that you shot through. So it required quite a bit of technique to get it through, and probably I haven't not done enough work with tripods so i use my trigger stick which is 
which is fine, but I just couldn't get it set properly. So I ran so out of time. I, burned, I watched burned, you, burned up time. I watched you because I was thinking, yeah, I'll borrow your trigger sticks. Mm. And then I watched you absolutely balls it up. And I was like, fuck, Mark's good with those trigger sticks. No, 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 no I'm not going to use them. <laughs> and then afterwards I thought, maybe I should have because fucking normal tripod was slow because he had, it was yeah. four position changes and height changes. It was a lot of movement and the time and a lot of tripod uh, manipulation, I guess. Um Anyway, to their credit, they conceded that, that stage probably needed either more time or to be, yeah, a few other tweaks because it was was. Uh, I don't. I didn't see many people get on to the last two targets. I think yeah. Unless you, they start, unless they started on them. If you just um probably cut it down to two targets, probably would have been a bit more achievable rather than four targets. But it's still fun. Well, that, 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 yeah, that is true. Loophole is um difficult enough without having three holes to shoot through you know what I mean that enough people screw it up through one loophole not let alone three so yeah I, I do like the loophole stuff though I think it's pretty cool yeah um, it's pretty fun um, but I, I like some of the props that they had there so they had um, the uh, what is it regulation PRS skill stage skill stage one prop so yeah. that's good which I'd had a muck around with before, so which is, looks like a basically a three level, two even levels on the left and right and a middle type of thing, with wooden frame, yeah. Um, so there's multiple type ways you can shoot off that sort of thing, so it's good. Yeah, that was um, cool. There was the stage where you're supposed to have shot support hand but i didn't see many people doing that so that's yeah. the one where i zeroed it i ran it at ammo before i um <laughs> oh cause time or ammo i can't remember what because the, the magazine was left back on the ground. yeah no nah, well i just couldn't hit anything so it was yeah. <laughs> didn't make any difference to the support side or not in the end of change shoulders still missed um no one thing i'll say that the long range stage was probably one of the hardest stages because you you'd shoot and it was that windy, right? It was sort of hard to get on first shot, and then <clears throat> then you had to run back and touch a peg like 10, 15 metres back. So by the time you get back, the wind had changed for most people. Oh, that's right, it was too. Yeah, so... It was, um, it was run regardless. Yeah, yeah so like if, it, it, normally like it would be a run after a hit. Which so I you'd think like, it makes more sense to a degree because you... Yeah, you'd shoot it, and you'd quickly correct. Yeah. Although Callum in our squad, Callum Beardsley, um, he, he smashed it. He shot it, he missed ran back, replies correction, and he hit center, ran center, center, center. And then his last shot was yeah. still hit the plate, but it was just on the edge. Like, he, his wind just stayed the same. He's like, man, I just held the same. And he peeled it. I think he got six or seven hits, which was, I imagine, one of the high scores on that stage for the day, considering the conditions. Yeah, um, which I, made me disappointed that I got no hits. I so. got two. Actually, you, you said on the no spotting, I was, I was, I was spotting and Carl was shooting he shoots a 308, but 178 projectiles, so it's not, it's not too bad. And his projectiles were landing, I think it was like 1.5 low and 1.5 right or something. There's a little patch of shadow. Just smack, smack, smack. And they were landing in the shadow. I could see it clear as day, but he couldn't see it through his optic. And, he's fucking... and I just, oh, you just want to tell him, like, fuck, man, it's right fucking there, but you can't. Because um, they were consistent. They were just... Um, just a, a bit low and a bit, bit right. So he'd applied, must have applied too much wind, whatever. But yeah, I, was, um, I think he caught it. He got one hit at the end on his last shot. But um, poor bugger. Um, but yeah, still fun. I um, 
yeah, it was good. But it was a good day. We again, um, I think I was tenth in the end. You were eighteenth. Uh, Carl was twentieth. Um, definitely not our best showing by far. Um, no, but I was happy with some of the gear I was running. So it was yes, the first time. Yes, before we move on to the twenty-two comp. So, so I had my Tika Taka one. Old faithful, some would call it. Flawless functioning, never misfires. Never decocks itself. No. Um, which the only thing I've done now is that I've just got an Arca rail under it. So, But then now I've bought an adapter for the Arca so I can put my AccuTac on it because I just like the more steady AccuTac over the Skypod. Yep. Um, so what else have I added? So I've basically put a Kestrel HUD on it which just you know, bolts onto your rail beside your scope. Um, for those not familiar with it, basically it's a heads-up display which displays the information off your Kestrel, whether it's being individual targets or multiple targets with customization around whether you show wind or two lots of wind or plus the, the you know, your dial-up. So I was testing that out for the first time. Um, and obviously I've got that paired with the Kestrel, which is the first time I've used that in a comp, so... And I was really happy with the data it was flicking out, like, no issues height-wise, you know, it was seemed to be bang on all day, so... And because in the squad, I mean, I've got, the scope I've got on that is still an NX-8, but it's an MOA. Oh, a MOA scope. Yeah. So you, the other, there's Callum and Graham and Carl, and they're all dribbling away in mills all day, so I'm like, oh yeah, converting in my head, whatever. So I ended up just doing my own calculations and measuring and work, and that was good so i actually just it made me rely on my own calculations if you know what i mean you know, doing the data and and my own wind estimations so it was good uh, i had no issues the way the there wasn't a lot of multiple target stuff so the hud um which is great to be able to look have a quick look with your left eye to make sure you got the right stuff dialed up so it makes no recording no writing on stuff yeah i might um, i might borrow it for the next paris match so, <laughs> since you'll be too busy farming i'll steal it for a weekend oh yes yeah oh, you've already thought about that one eh? well you were actually you were actually offered it to me a few weeks back i did yeah i can't remember that you can't i've got it i can screenshot it the i message. must have been drunk <laughs> you don't you don't drink anymore oh that's true yeah actually um, here's a point your results have gone downhill since you gave up drinking yeah, so I know. There's that's, a correlation there, so maybe the doctors are wrong. No, I think the doctors are wrong. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, I've, got, I've tried this before. Alcohol's banned as a, as a for shooting sports. Oh, there you go. No more shoot, No more drinking. But not for what you think. What is it for? Because no, because if you have one or two beers, it steadies you. See, so does it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, unfortunately, our firearms code. Well, sorry, fortunately, our firearms code forbids it. Anyway, um, but yeah, so no, what, good, what else did I have was uh, what else an Arca bag, so that basically a um, a bag that attaches to Arca rail. Yes, so these clamp. we got these made a year and a half. Section twenty two. Yes, Blair from section twenty two, and we it's sort of have been. We both got one, and they've just been sitting in our um, box of. Something. I've tried. I've used it, but have not, you? I'm not. Oh, mine. That's Carl's using mine. Uh, I've, anyway, so, yeah. So I, when we had a practice the other week, I was mucking around with it and actually getting, 
it actually forced me to have the rifle better balanced the way mm -hmm. it, where it sits under the gun basically forward of the mag well um so i used that at the prs because i knew there'd be a lot of um barricade shooting and stuff or props so it would have suited that type of bag and it were, yeah it was really good to use no you know you're not picking up a bag and moving it it um made sure the rifles balanced better for because i tended to shoot with my rifle further back which probably wasn't ideal so yeah so that well i do think it's a under open rules it's quite an interesting add-on to use would you and i'm not probably not gonna say but would you consider moving the moa scope off and putting a mil scope on that being that it's your main comp gun uh, and that you're yeah. shooting a teams match with someone who shoots mills in two months. <laughs> I thought I'd make it. Well, we've got to make it a challenge. So if we shoot different, if he shoots mill, I shoot MOA. Yeah. I think the fact that you're shooting <laughs> different calibers is going to be enough for a challenge. And different calibers. I don't so... think a 308 even has a BC. So like you can have to deal with that. <laughs> no, well, it's only a, a medium range match, so you should be able to work. How out much it. wind? You face the other way. Cause <laughs> yeah. It's a 308. You must have a little comeback round. It's actually a super easy conversion add a third and round yeah. up one is usually what it is so if you're like 0.6 he'll be 0.9 round to one mil oh yeah it roughly works on it, people will can argue but that's what we do as a rough rule if we're um shooting at the same time as a 308 shooter yeah. team tip team tip um cool yeah so i guess i'll have to switch to a mil scope yeah I'm, I'm, it is. I'm, yeah well you could just get one of your thousand other setups and use that maybe the K525i. That's I forgot that exists. I should have. I had it at my house. I should have never given it back to you. I, I took it. I had it right. And he goes, "This is pretty nice scope. Use this." And it was too nice and in too good a condition. I took it off because I didn't want to scratch it. it just, Which I thought was wise because the way you throw shit around. Exactly right. Yeah. It's, and <laughs> just you know, slam it against the barricade. Yeah. Finish the stage. Just it, throw the gun on the ground. <laughs> yep. Yep. But mate, you yeah, you got to make it look used. You don't want to be one of those guys. Um, I have had comments on my bolt handle and my bagara actually it's all scratched up and used as I said my own issue was um, I need to get a 34mm mount that's tilted so oh yeah. yes sorry um, yeah because the um, the cheek is a flat rail actually I think and, and as, you, as you said they're impossible to get off literally just about yes you have to heat and hammer them um, Tika yeah. really need because uh, obviously they listen to this podcast they need to finally abandon the zero MOA pod, uh, zero, zero minute or 5.4 mil rail on their precision rifles because that's just stuck in the bloody 90s. Yeah, um, the, um, I've got those Burris XDR rings, which you can cant with shims, whatever they are. Do you know what you can get if you because it's your main comp gun and, and if you want something really, really cool, I believe you can get the Ordeur... 34 mil single piece. I was, think, I was thinking, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of. Um, with a um, 20 minutes in them. Shout out to Arlington Arms. Yeah, boys, Arlington, Arlington Arms, who help us out a lot. Um, and we buy a lot of stuff off them. Um, no, I like uni mounts. I do. Same, I, do. I, I way prefer it. I've, got, I've actually got a set of Ordeur normal rings here, 34 mils, but you want the canted ones. Um, yeah, but also, it means well, a unimount means, uh, to my mind, it's easier to shift a scope around as well. Oh yeah, 100%, from, from yeah. gun to gun. Because yeah. you are way short on scopes. <laughs> yeah, no, I've certainly got 
Here's me. Um, here's me with like wish. three skypes, and you're like, "What's that? Thirty-three? Yeah, I've got more than that." No, no, no. <clears throat> they also do a counter lever mount too. You'll have a gang around here saying something. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I ran just my Howa six five. Sorry, my Bagara six five treble, like I mentioned. Um, Titan scope from Element Optics. I ran the BNT Starlight suppressor rather than a muzzle brake. Um, it's not that light though. No, it's heavy, but it's a very, very good suppressor for sound suppression and recoil reduction, and it has the plus of being muzzle yeah, forward. Yeah. The sheer weight of it would reduce recoil. That's probably true. It's it's, it's pretty heavy, and um, I think it's like four hundred grams or something. I can't remember. Nah, it'd be heavier than that. And oh, I can look it up. And then. Um, but again, it's muzzle forward, so you haven't got all that. Um, like if you've got a traditional, <clears throat> some of the New Zealand made options, they're over barrel a lot of them, so you're actually sort of got a heat sink wrapped around your barrel, uh, so it's not like cool as quick. Um, yeah. So take that for what you will. It's not the end of the world though. And so yeah, thanks to the guys at the Long Range Academy in Paris. Paris NZ. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good fun. It was cold. Flipping heck, it was cold. Um, yeah, but we knew that was going to happen, so we were yes. appropriately dressed for it. Yes, it wasn't. That wasn't really the issue, was it? We had all our fucking puffer jackets and neck gaiters and all that fun stuff. But yeah, no, it was a cool event, and we look forward to the next one, although you will probably be farming. Now, the Starlight Suppressor, it's 490 grams. So, oh, yeah. it's, so it's like over a pound. So I would. It's not what I would run on a hunting gun, for obvious reasons. Nah. Um, I've got <laughs> a feeling fine. it'd be fine. Climbing, climbing for, mountains for me and you hunting, it'd be fine. Damn this suppressor! Well, it's also all muzzle forward, right? So you're going to be adding on 157. Oh, you get stuck in a tree and couldn't move. Yeah, it's 157 millimeters forward of the muzzle, so it is a bit of um, a bit of a beast. But again, um, it's. It's, I believe that they're probably more intended for. Um, so we won't see it in your television hunting show. No, be, yeah, I think they're for semis and stuff like that, right? Because obviously B and T do a lot of military contracts all around the world. Um, yeah, so that was a good fun match. We drove home. My by the end of the day, my back was dead and I got a headache, and I pretty much was half dead by the end of the day. So I slept well, tried to sleep the whole way home and um, not die in the car. But that was. Sick from disappointment. Eh? Sick from disappointment. Matt, like, it got to the end of the day, I couldn't even carry my bag and my rifle back to the car. The, some of the boys from Tarangar to help me out. It, congrats wasn't to, it wasn't congrats to Dylan. Oh, this good work, Dylan. Um, Dylan actually improved. Taking, taking the victory cool. um, and still running around doing photos. Um, it must be good luck for him running around and keeping his mind distant from shooting. Him didn't get robbed by anthony no <laughs> no good work and those who performed um again it was tough conditions so scores were significantly lower than we're used to seeing but um yeah yeah but we'll, anyway we'll go try again in a month and see how we get on then anyway so uh fast forward a week after that we had round two of the spark 22 series um this was the tickerangi round the tickerangi 22 uh, this match, so the first one was the, the P10 Practical and Pew Pew, uh, so that's a couple hours north of where we are, and that was uh, quite a lot of props and that kind of thing, uh, but more supported positional shooting. This match, we did a lot more unsupported positional. Um, I think six out of eight stages had it, 
Uh, I was the match director. Mark was, um, I don't know. Supposed to be competing. Supposed to be competing. He a bit late, so he jumped on just um, helping me out, direct the match and do scoring and food and everything. Um, give people wrong instructions on stage. Give people wrong instructions so they have to reshoot it. Um, he done the classic, I've done this before. I don't need to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Talk well, by Graham. <laughs> so anyway, so let's let's talk over the match. So right? Graham, you you you're the obviously the match director for the match, and uh, which meant you directed it. And yes, it was a match. It was. Uh, so you ran one last year. Um, let's. Can you run me through what you um, I changed and adapted from last year and what you learned? Oh, what a what a fantastic and formal Insightful. and and structured question. Um, <laughs> last year we ran it. Um, it was actually the first ever 2-2 match ah, sorry we'd done sort of like amateur shit but the first sort of major 22 match we'd done um, this year obviously uh, with no lockdowns last year Auckland was locked down so there's obviously more people come um, ah, those were the good old days yeah <laughs> um, what we did different I tried to change some of the difficulty around some of the course um, I think one, two, two stages were the same, and then everything else was pretty much new. Maybe some similar target positions, but different props. Um, just tweaking it. Um, last year, or we sort of themed it as uh, sort of rural and sort of field, whereas this time it was just more field. So we had like a quad bike as a prop last year and stuff like that. But we, we did away with that and replaced it with um, some more movement and uh, positional shooting and actually a lot more positional shooting uh the stage we built some different props we had a sort of um, a pile of old pine tree slash last year and a rough um sort of shape we replaced that with a big solid prop probably the most solid prop we've ever had in any of our matches um which it was actually a whole pine tree that fell down so i chopped it up with my little uh toy chainsaw as mark and carl would call it and I built this thing on the side of the hill, which was actually, I got a lot of compliments on, Mark. I don't know if you had much of a chance to Did look you? at it. Oh, yeah, you guys were loving it. Um, oh, look, a teepee. So I was going to roll it down the hill, right, just into the gully to rot away, but I'm probably going to go down the air a couple of days and disassemble it, and I'm going to put it in the shed so it doesn't rot away. Um, and um, we can use it for future events. Because Give it's, it away as a trophy. Well, you could take it home and cut up firewood. It is. It'll be a cube and a half of wood, probably. By I wore it. I it to someone you hate as a trophy next time. What about you? Do you want it? No. No. It'd look good in your uh, living room. Leaning against no, the I'm wall. fine. It's fine. Anywho, but um, so we built this big prop. It was dug on the ground. You shot sort of from in it and on the sides and on top of it. Um, there's a few pictures up of that. That yeah, again had a few compliments on that. People seem to really like that. Um, even some of the more discerning competitors. Um. We had a, oh, sorry, there's one other stage that's pretty similar, but yeah, once, and then a few with movement, um, we had one stage I re- last year was just a learn your limits racket, say, I think it was 50 metres, and you shot that prone, went down to five millimetres. This year I replaced it with our bigger learn your limits 22 rack, which is a 150 millimetre circle, and it goes progressively down in 25 millimetre increments to 25 millimetres, being the final, so I think that's six targets. Um, and that was shot at 64 metres from a, from a rifleman class. It was from a kneeling and from Hunter. It was a sitting. Here's me thinking, this is going to be great. This is going to be quite hard. And I think we had... I 
might have been one of the more clean stages of the day. Um, I test shot it and I, I shot through it pretty easy both times, but I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty confident in that style of shooting and should be a good challenge, but it, it seemed to be a good confidence booster for people when they done well on it. So, uh, Or maybe people are just better than I expected. But that, that was pretty fun. Um, but again, you had a bit of time. You could put a sling on and um, you had also had um, uh, quite a few spare shots uh, off the top of my head. Not sure how many spare shots though. Maybe five or... S- oh, maybe seven spare shots. So you had a few shots. That was the idea because it was reasonably hard shooting. Um, and what else did I do different? Oh, one, we can, we'll, talk, we'll touch on it more later, but we, we introduced a blind stage. Um, a completely blind stage. To add into oh, you mean you blindfold the shooter? Uh, kind of, but we'll touch on that at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And for that in a roundabout way, what did I what I did different was all of those things. Okay, so did you make it targets wise, distance and difficulty, smaller, bigger? Uh, so last year we had one class, um, which proved to be a bit of a mistake for the less um, experienced competitors, the more casual competitors, or the people with more basic, the more useless people. The people with more basic sort of hunting possum rifles, which are actually the people we really want to pull into the sport. So um, let's not forget you come last last year, Mark. No, I was still... Oh, no, you were second to last. The the useless people. Yeah, and you inherited the name Mag Dump Mark from that event. Um, So we split it again, which is the the whole whole series that we got Hunter and Rifleman. If anyone wants to know the rules and the classes, it's all on the website. Um... So we 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 had obviously Hunter was um, in a lot of cases easier, uh, but more relaxed times um, distances. I think the max was one hundred and fifteen meters, sixteen meters, and then for riflemen the max was one hundred and sixty. Now we did have one long range stage that was all prone for both classes um, last year. That was a lot easier. I made it what I thought was harder this year, and with the wind, I thought this should be a bit of a challenge. I think um, it was targets from like. I think it was 125 down to like 30 millimeters at 160 meters and people scored pretty well on it it's um yeah like in rifleman class there's you know like seven or eight cleared it out of um yeah, 30 competitors in rifleman class so and then a lot of other people were, were scoring sort of um reasonably high in the 20s so yeah i thought that would be a bit harder even with the wind but yeah, people have got pretty um, accurate setups now. And then, yeah, it's a fine balance of trying to work out a, a target sort of distance and size and difficulty and time that sort of allows newer shooters to do okay. And then the, the sort of top guys, the, I don't like the term pro, but the pro guys to um, uh, still have a good battle between themselves. So, yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, okay, so then, what did you do, to sort of, to make it more challenging for those top guys? Though, I mean, did you? I guess probably putting in the more unsupported stuff with the heavier guns that are being used and stuff. Or yeah, that that was the idea. Because um, there's this sort of fine line between, like we we talked about the the. PRSNZ match where it's like well a heavier gun's probably going to be quite a good idea there yeah but in a field match it's like well a 22 to 25 pound gun's probably going to be a, a crutch so 
<clears throat> to the point where I had guys saying, hey, should I bring my voodoo or should I bring my tikka? And I was like, hey, man, I'd bring a, I'd bring a tikka. I'd bring a slightly lighter gun to this event. But yeah. um, but again, the, the stuff I set that I thought would be a bit more challenging for some of these heavier guns, the guys are putting in the practice and they're getting the hits. Um, like We had a lot of cleared stages considering how much wind there was. Mm. Um, so I think I got the balance right, but I think I'm leaning towards nearly making it a touch too easy but so for the for the top guys to get those points like you're talking uh the winning score was 94.9 percent of possible score and then seconds you know 93 percent point four, and then 91 percent then 90 so the top um five you know down to west they're all within a you know bugger all of each other sort of you know less than 10 points so no it's an observation i've made is that the overall level across the board has gone up um where we're sort of used to seeing you'd get one or two people in a high percentage range and then you have a drop off but see this event you had uh, four in the 90s yeah percentage wise yep and you had about nine in the 80s so really you know tight and then even below that in the 70s there was five odd four or five people so you know the top um what are we yeah the top 10 were with all within a pretty close you know basically a, a few duff stages for some of those guys put them out of the out of the running a wee bit so you i think you to be to be trying to go as i know to try and go for those those the podium positions or such, you kick even top five, top six, top seven here. You can't have a bad stage. No. You can have like a couple like averagely okay stages maybe where you get like seventy five percent of the score, but top shooter he's down three shots for the day. Yeah. So now, the guy... now, and when we say that, it's you do have spare shots too. It's not as if he only missed three times all day, but no, there's there's only three targets he couldn't hit all day would be a better way to put it but yeah like that's good and and, and to, he did really well last year too but it's um yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know it's 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 a it's a hard thing to because like i say you could i could i could reduce the round count i could reduce the time and that would bring the percentage down but it would also bring the percentage down across the board and it would scale back significantly as the skill level decreases their score it wouldn't be linear it would if that makes sense it would it would it would fall back even further on those on those lower scoring paces they wouldn't keep the same gap essentially so it's it's a fine line and it's kind of difficult sometimes to get perfect i think we got it pretty good but i, I would I, no I'll, no i i, I yeah. do agree it comps where you have um nine targets and nine shots um, invariably, yeah, you end up with more of a skewed table with the top shooters being significantly ahead of the others to a degree. Um, whereas if you've got, you know, eight hits and ten shots for a stage, those two spears do make a difference. Yeah, and for favorite, uh, yeah. And we so we generally give more shots to and uh, then unsupported shooting. You yeah. generally get like one or two more shots because it's like well it's significantly harder, right? So um, yeah, it's luck. 
Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Just circling around there and pulling the trigger. You're, you're very unlucky lately, aren't you, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but, but yeah, again, it's a fine line. It's hard. It's, it, again, I, so when I built the match, I got um, Simon from GPRE to review my um, match plans and everything. And he had a few comments on what, what I could do to... Oh, I think this, we changed two targets and maybe two time limits slightly. Um, just looking at those. So like, there's a few things we, we swap around and we um, I run past him because he's obviously pretty good at this uh, game. He's been doing it longer than anybody. So um, as in match directing. Now, people are going to moan. No, he did not come and pre-shoot the course of fire. He just literally looked at the targets on the range. That was it. No advantage. And he did not look at the blind stage. There was that was specifically kept away because I know people will like I've had people ring up and message me in the past like when Simon's helped on a match and then he's won it and then they're like he shouldn't be allowed to shoot the fucking matches rah, rah, rah. and it's just like fuck off dude and hence why those people don't come to the match anymore because I don't sell them tickets but um but anyway if you're concerned he did not see the blind stage and that kind of thing um but yeah what else what else Mark um, what sort of 22s were you seeing? I mean, how many semis were there? Uh, one, two, three. Oh, what, I, sh- I didn't actually put, I should have put a little tick box in registration for semi-automatic 22s. Yeah, I think you have another class that I could win. You wouldn't have won it. I know. No. Well, of course not. I think, but, you know. So top... I, I live in hope. <laughs> so top semis probably Carrington, at a guess, because all these guys run... Bolt guns. He was in twelfth. No, he I was in not. CZ. He was in fifteenth. With no, the CZ, sixteenth. Yes, CZ. It's it's an. I think you nearly bought one once, didn't you? I'm not gonna lie. They're a funny looking gun. Um, they look great. I and be it that it's like the only like semis you can use now. Well, apart from duck hunting guns, um, it, it is a pretty cool reason to use a semi. Um, but like if you if you look at like everyone who got in front of Carrington, they are pretty good shooters. Like so, it's it's not as if you. It's a pretty heavy field, like I said. So if you make a couple mistakes, <clears throat> like I'll mention, where is he? Um, Andre from Taranga. Yeah. Man, you look at his scores. It's like 22, 25, 23, 20, 24, 18, 22. Those are all just under max score. And then yeah. on the last stage, you got a seven. So that pushed him from like possibly Bang. third, yeah, to eleventh. You, you know, so that's the that's that competitive level like back in the day you could go oh i can fuck up one stage and then if i get sort of 60 percent and a couple like 70s i'm probably going to win and you come in at like 70 percent or 65 percent you take the victory you would know graham you've won zeroing a stage so i i have that is correct (laughs) like i said i've zeroed a stage in three out of my last four competitions (laughs) not good um, <laughs> Only there was a nine live. No, no, yes, I'm actually. I'm looking at my nine lives um, first place medal right now. Actually, I should go to polish. It's looking good. Wow, I can see myself in the reflection. That's lovely. Okay, so what are what are the twenty twos we're seeing coming through now? More voodoo's. More voodoo's. Yeah. Obviously, um, as um, as we market the heck out of them online for no particular reason. Um, and uh, out of the yeah. Quite a few Tika T1 based guns in there. A lot of Tikas, a lot of lot of CZs and Tikas. Um, yeah, would be your most popular by far, actually. 
um, less and less 1022s as people sort of pursue more precision. Yeah. There's a few in there. Um, but a lot of, yeah, I'm just looking, Tiger, 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 Tiger. Yeah, there's a lot of Tigers. Um, yeah, a couple Howers, a couple Bagaras. Um, you see more of the Bagara B14. Oh, yeah, I did see some. Uh, of them. B14 yeah. HMR Rimfire, whatever it is. So but, it looks like a big gun. Yeah, it's, it just looks like a standard um, centerfire. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a Remington footprint, 700 footprint. Um, yeah. It's essentially. That's why, it runs, that's why it runs the same mags. It, yeah, it's essentially like a. As a Voodoo. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a more affordable Voodoo. It's like the bolt's not nearly as smooth as Voodoo. <laughs> so, you know, like it's it's $1,500 versus like $6,000. So it's a. But they are a really good option if you want to run a full size rifle and you don't want to have to like get a CZ and then spend two grand on a chassis to make it a full size rifle. Yeah. Uh, they're a good option. Bolt's a bit clunky. Um, talking to some people, they're hit and miss. Some are really good, some are shoot a bit shit. I've not seen that. It's just it's just what I've heard. Um, I, oh, I should, fuck, we should get one. I'm like, um, anyway, I'd like to play with one, um, but I don't have a relationship with the importer, so I probably won't have one. But um, a good option that's not going to murder the um, the bank balance like a Voodoo does. And, and you can upgrade over time, and the bolt's obviously going to smooth out as the more you use it, and uh, we can lap it in, etc. Um, so yeah, a few a few of the Bagaras, um, like I said, Tika is very very popular couple guys having trouble with their tikas which is weird um i've got a tika and it's been quite fantastic um yeah i think i think it was an extraction issue or something whereas it wouldn't oh, yeah, i've had a I've talked to a few people have mentioned yeah that about that. weird eh? you know they're pretty good but um we're, we're seeing a few little issues pop up with some of the tikas whether that's their fault or it's the gun i don't know but um, default. No, even people do weird shit. Tinkering, stuff. tinkerers. Or, or they don't clean their extractors, or they. Anyway, um, not saying that's what happened, but um, be anyway. Tinkers are very accurate. Um, for these, 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 the series of field matches we're doing between us and and, and GPRE. Um, ammo. A tinker is going to be fine. Ammo. You ammo, sing what a... a shitload of RWS. RWS. Yeah. R fifty or nothing. Uh, yeah, R yeah, fifty if you're a baller like Wes, um, or tar, special match is very very popular. Um, target far rifle more, far uh, more affordable, far, well, medium, mildly affordable. If, you know, if your disposal income's still high, the target rifles are really really good option because we're only shooting like one fifty to two hundred meters. Um, yeah, this one was only just over one fifty. The target rifle was pretty good. Uh, that's what I use for practice because I don't want to burn. Um, Special match, and then you're still seeing a lot of CCI standard if guys can get it. Um, what was the winning ammo? Uh, either I think it was R50 or, or special match. Oh yeah. Uh, you're also seeing a bit of Ely start to come back in. Um, it's hard to get hold of it, or yeah, has it been hard to get hold of. Yeah, on and off. It's, it normally gets tied up by the small ball guys. They sort of take most of it. Oh yeah. So they'll it'll come yep, in yep, and it'll yep. get allocated to them. Um, the Voodoo's don't like Ely. Um, no, which is we thought was common knowledge. Some people change to it. Um, some firing pins won't set off, and then it won't feed that well without some mods. But other outside of the voodoos, I've run the Ely and my ticker and my. I used to have a Savage Mark II for precision ish. Um, it was fantastic, um, especially like the the higher end stuff. But yeah, and then again, CCI standard. Again, this if you're shooting hunter class CCI standard, or some sort of half okay 22 ammo 
is going to be fine. You don't need special match, and you don't use your hunting ammo. Is essentially what I'd say. Still, yep. very few people running supersonic ammo. I don't think I heard anybody running it all weekend. <laughs> I did. Uh, some unfortunate chaps had some Winchester subsonic ammo. Oh, <laughs> was going supersonic. <laughs> <laughs> they must have accidentally trickled a bit more powder into those that batch of Winchester subsonics. So I've got a rule if it comes in a bulk loose box. No, this was a plastic. Oh, it was a plastic one. Oh shit! The what was what's that bulk you used to buy? A bucket of bullets. Remember that? Oh, a bucket of bullets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was bad for that. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, again, the different jobs, but um, but yeah, if you, hey, if you if, if you're wanting to get into this stuff and you got a basic possum 22 that's we've got a class for it i mean you get some guys sort of push the, push their luck on what they use but we uh, cci stinger all the way yes but it's pretty hard on my close targets and you probably won't hit the <laughs> and, long targets <laughs> and probably won't chamber probably no um especially if you've got a voodoo it will not chamber no um but yeah so we're seeing more than we used to we're seeing more higher end 22s and we're seeing more higher end ammo and scopes and i'm Guessing scopes wise, people just transfer their comp gun scope centerfire onto the rimfire. So we'll split the. We'll talk about hunter class and then rifleman yeah. scopes. Like hunter class, you're seeing three to nines, um, yeah. that sort of shit. Now, if people have a like one to sixes, possibly yeah. Um, Joel's one's got one to six. Yeah, 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 like a strike eagle with a little maybe a BDC. Now, if you if you can dial, you're not allowed to. So you leave it at fifty or twenty five. Oh, I see. Yep. Now, if you have a reticle, you can use the holdovers in the reticle because we couldn't really police that anyway, could we? Unless we <laughs> ran scope cams and everyone's rifle. Um, scope cam. But the idea is, like, you know, you've, you've zeroed at 50 and you know you hold for like 70, 80, and 90, and 100, and yep. maybe something. <clears throat> That's the idea. It's meant to be like your rabbit gun. Um, no parallax. So you could have an adjustable parallax. You're not allowed to play, but you set it and forget it. And I think I'd have to check what. We written the rules, but I believe it's no more than ten power. So again, it can be a bigger scope, but you're just not allowed to go past ten, and it is sort of up to your honesty and also the observations of your squad mates to ensure you aren't um, breaking those rules. So people are pretty good. Like it's it's hunter class, man. You know what game and it's who the fuck cares? So people still try, but um, we try and regulate that. So yeah, it's still basic stuff in Hunter, which is the idea. It's the idea is you can start it without going and spending two thousand or three thousand or ten thousand dollars. Yeah. And moving over to riflemen, scopes, uh, you know, Delta Strikers, Javelins, uh, Element Titans, um, and a few Helixes, which is another good option for two twos. Um, Night Forces, the NX eights are popular because the ATAC Rs are absolutely terrible for twenty two. Um, you can people can argue with me about that all they want, but it, it's not the right scope for the game when you can't parallax under fifty meters. Um, no. And I put a ten meter target in front of you. Um, <laughs> and, and what else are we seeing? All that stuff. Um, you know the high end Burris optics, which I, I, I'm not that familiar with. Um, not a lot of vortex. I'm not gonna lie, we don't see much vortex at comps anymore for the last few years. Um, maybe the odd strike eagle, but sort of oh no don't seem as popular as they once were um, yeah I saw, if you saw a strike eagle or two I think yeah but you don't see yeah I don't know like you meant back when I first got into long range you could get like um, vortex PSTs a couple people had razors and then but really and then 
you'd see like um, some of the earlier night forces, the NXSs and SHVs, like the cheaper ones, all minute of yeah. angle and second focal plane. But now you don't see. We see night force still, but you don't. You don't. Yeah, I just don't see a lot of vortex anymore, which I find strange because they're so big overseas. Um, maybe I don't know. But um, yeah, so you're seeing seeing a lot of element optics too, heaps of element optics, like I mentioned. They're um, very popular, cost effective, excellent option. And I, and I guess yeah, some guys are swapping between their centerfire gun and they'll just bolt their comp scope onto their rimfire and do a quick zero and off they go. So yeah. But yeah, it's, it's again, it's oh, the few a couple calluses as well. No, and I set up a 2D3 or helped set up a finish setting up a 2D3 for someone the other day. Um, and he put a Titan basically on that to match his Titan. This is almost 22, so yeah, uh, element Titan. So, I mean, and because they're affordable, you can do that without having to swap them around again. So, yeah, and there's actually we should mention it because I'm probably going to buy one i'm going to mention them so they're going to in stock as the there's a new titan out the 3 to 18 by 50 is it out i think it is i think they had some on their website but probably all gone by now um they look like an absolute excellent option um more internal travel due to a few engineering changes i believe um so for a 22 if you're trying to shoot say 400 meters 500 meters where you need a boatload of elevation Fuck, I'm trying to think how much elevation it is. It'll tell me in a second. Um, not that I can find the scope. But yeah, I th- and I think they're about 50 bucks cheaper than the 5 to 25 version. So, hmm. which are about 1500 $1,600. So you save 50 bucks. Don't have to buy the bigger 34mm rings. So you're getting much cheaper rings. Uh, well, not, you know, like 50 60 bucks depending. And um, a little bit more compact. And it goes down to 3 power. So... So here we go. So sixteen hundred bucks for the standard um, Titan, yeah. And then the the new three to eighteen by fifty, which is first local plane. Um, I don't believe there's many reticle options, but it's fifteen fifty. So cool. is it a thirty mil tube? Thirty mil tube. Sure. Oh wait, am I wrong there? I might be wrong. I think I doubt it with all that travel. Yeah, you're probably right. So ignore me on that. Here you go. There's a spec sheet. Lucky I'm not a rep because I'll just mislead you. It'll be like you explaining a stage to You'd someone. You'd just be done for misleading conduct. <laughs> Get kicked off the team. Kicked off. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so maybe it's not. But yeah, anyway, um, it's only available in two reticles, I believe. So the APR 2D MRAD, which is like a Christmas tree style. Traditionally, I wouldn't use that, but if it's all that's available, I'll get that. And then there's an MOA version of the same thing if you are old. Now, yeah, anyway, sorry, we're sort of off tangent a bit, but what no, no, fair looks yep. to be a very good option, and true, it is a 34mm, sorry, Mark. Um, so Thank you. you. It has 43.6 MRAD of internal elevation. No way. It's pretty good. I can mount on a Tika and still have some elevation. You could, you could swap out for your MX-8. Um, and it's got a parallax down to 10 metres, which is freaking excellent and it comes in under a kilo so 97.6 grams it's not light then no but it's not a hunting scope either but it's still not the end of the world it's no you know um yeah pretty and 50 mil objectives a little bit smaller um and 3 to 18 so very that three power on 22 would be awesome actually that Um, could be the go for what 22 
Are you going to build another one and not use it? <laughs> yeah, I could uh, resurrect the RPR. Oh, no, nah. You've sort of grown out of that gun, I think. Yeah, no, I've lent it to someone anyway. It says add to basket. I'm going to try to pretend to buy one and see if it'll let me. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, Phoebe, I just accidentally bought a scope. Oh, no, it'll, it'll let me buy one. Yeah. <coughs> um, and the government get $200 worth of tax off that. Anyway. So yeah, um, there's an option there. Um, I think, yeah. Anyway, so another successful competition for us. We're hugely successful, actually. Um, oh, blind stage. Let's talk about blind stage. So last year we ran all the positions were the same essentially. So we just mixed up stages. Now stage eight proved to be quite hard last year. So it faced sort of um, ninety degrees from all the other stages towards the pine forest, shooting into this little gully. Uh, I think last year it had three targets. It was quite a tight time, and you would engage all three targets twice. They were sort of you were given distances, but it, it didn't matter because it was. I think they were the, it was like ten meters, twenty meters, and forty meters. So if you can't figure that out without using a computer, you probably should work on a few things. I shouldn't say that, but anyway, it's, it's pretty straightforward, right? So <clears throat> it proved hard in the scoring, and, and people struggled with it a bit. Um, it was all standing, unsupported. So this year I thought, fuck, that's the perfect place to run a blind stage. Like it's it's a little bit out of the way from the other stages, so you can't actually see it. So you sort of travel over a bit of a hill. So what we did is we you finished stage seven, you, you moved up behind there, there's a stage eight marker. And what you did is you got there, your squad stopped, and then an arrow come over the hill. Had, um, ideally you'd already have your shit ready, your mags loaded, obviously outside of the firearm. Cool, he'd take your score sheet. All right, shoot a one, Mark Andrews. All right, follow me. And you'd walk. I don't know, what was it, 50 metres, 60 metres? And he'd explain to you what the intent of the stage was. So your brief said, unlimited ammo. And it gave you a time, was it a minute and a half or two minutes, thing. And unlimited ammo. Find and engage each target twice. And that's all the information it gave you. It didn't tell you how many targets. It didn't tell you what you were, what the shape was. It didn't tell you the distance, nothing. So... You come over the hill, he'd be explaining it to you, so your mag would still be out. He'd be like, cool, once we reach the, you step into a shooting box, <clears throat> here's your left limit, here's your right limit, um, so the targets aren't past here. All the targets are inside the gully, um, which people still couldn't understand. Once you step in the box, you can enter the mag and I will start your time. And that's essentially all the information you get given. So you'd step in the box, chuck your mag in, and your time started. So the, what it was, there was four targets, there was one at one at 10 metres right below you, which some people still couldn't find, but most found that one. It was pretty easy. There was one, uh, maybe about 20 metres, and it was sort of tucked around the right side inside, sort of underneath the barberry bush. One a bit further down, and then another one, at, I think it was about 40 metres. And they're all painted grey, and um, there's plenty of scrub and crap in the gully. So it was, the idea is that you had to really observe and find them and, the, and you sort of the shooting box you were in was a long rectangle, and the idea is that you'd use the whole shooting box, and then you'd be able to find all of them. So some competitors talking to the squad, uh, the stage arrow, they kind of sat there and stood in one position and tried to spot, and inadvertently couldn't see some of the targets because they weren't using the whole shooting box. But <clears throat> now the people I talked to, it seemed pretty popular. Um, We've not really done it in 22 before. We've done some similar things. GPRE have done in Cinefire Magnum matches. Um, we had to find range and engage. Now, this was similar, um, except you didn't really need to range them, right? It wasn't far. 
we had a reasonable amount of people clear it two four six eight ten so a third of the field cleared it um but again it did actually really hinder some people's overall performance you know they sort of only found one target or we we still seeing people missing the close target at 10 meters they'd find it and then they'd um so like it, we've talked about so many times but it's just your barrel or your your center of bore to um um center of optic is your offset at 10 meters so just like if you've got a 75 mil offset just aim 75 mil above center and you'll hit target if you've got 50 just aim 50 millimeters like you're just eyeing it up right it's just in front of you but like when i removed the target there was just a big hole shot underneath it um in the dirt so yeah, do you get any comments back on that stage, Mark, about the blind? You didn't, obviously didn't get to, get to see it. You were doing other jobs. I didn't even get to see it. Cause well, that's that the point be, of the stage is you don't That'd be see. cheating. <laughs> uh, um, no, I just, there was, I got clear comments. Either people found them or, even you know, can only find two quite often was what I'd heard. Yeah. So two were relatively easy to find. Yeah. Ish. And if I remember looking at the um, scores, yeah, that's obviously where some people had a nightmare. Um, there was some where, you, yeah, the scores were pretty consistent and they just... Yes, they, they only got did. one target essentially, twice. Yeah, 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 basically, yeah, hit the target twice and then couldn't find the rest. So Yeah, I probably could have altered the points because it was the highest scoring stage of the day if you cleared it. Um, oh, yeah. I probably could have backed that off slightly looking retrospectively at it. That it probably should have been like a 22-point stage rather than a 28. <sighs> Learnings. Um, due to the fact that... It, oh, the idea is you're employing a skill set, right? Of and, and the guys who cleared it, like looking at them, they're pr- I know they're pretty good hunters or they're military guys. Or if you're partly blind. Yeah, that's true, but he can't <laughs> But um, so the, and then, but then a lot of people still did like three of the targets. Um, yeah. yeah, like looking like Wes and Johnny and Anthony and Simon hunters, right? And then um, yeah, same Sam O'Connor hunter, I think. You know, um, yeah, a few of the um military guys. So yeah, anyway, that's um, I thought it was pretty cool. I so I test shot it a couple of times, but obviously I knew where the targets were, so you kind of kind of pretend you can't find them for a while when you test them. And then I had a couple of people who didn't shoot the comp test shoot it also, and they did like okay at it. Um, so I was, I think it wasn't too bad. Maybe maybe I don't know. Maybe, but like I said, maybe I could have reduced the score by maybe six points just so. Um, thing but that was the thing if you just sat in one spot and just stared you ne- you needed to use the whole um area provided which wasn't long you know it's like two meters long and about maybe 700 deep it's a little area but the key was so your other teammates could not see you shoot and with the other stuff going on they probably wouldn't hear too many shots either so they so like you could say you could find all four targets engage them twice and you'd do not know that that is how many targets you're looking for. So you, people are still looking until their time runs out, um, and that was intentional. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was to yeah. the The idea is, if you walk into a little gully, the rabbits aren't painted orange, right? And the, all the possums or whatever. I mean, obviously, it's a bit different, but <laughs> they are on my place. They are on your place. I know because them, paint I've, them. Well, I've got I've got rabbit twenty two rabbit targets up there, and they always get shot by centerfires by your friends. <laughs> but, 
some certain friends. But anyway, um, I think yeah, it was. Well, I think it was I said, yeah, the two hundred meter target. Yeah, yeah, they seem to shoot at the rabbit at one hundred and fifty meters. So <laughs> they're not very good at estimating. Just don't shoot that rabbit target there. Yep, sweet. Hit it. It's like oh, this got, in half. It's got a six mil hole through it. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I thought it was a cool stage. We still had a few people clear it, like I say. It's the one of only two stages that no one in Hunter cleared, um, which just surprises me. And yeah, that surprised me a bit because I thought they should. No, there's no advantage. In fact, the lighter rifles in that class is probably an advantage uh, overall. But um, yeah, um, still a, a fun stage, I thought, and probably something with 22s. It's a lot easier to do a 22 blind stage than a centerfire blind stage like for blind and centerfire you need like essentially a whole another like four five hundred acres or a big gully or something but with 22 you can just have a shitty little fucking creek that runs off you know 100 meters long and it just has to be away from the other stages a little bit so with 22 is it something we can make happen easier not saying it's always going to be there but something you may see a little bit going forward and being that we these are field events and, and, and field style um, rather than um, heavy prop driven events um, I think that they fit in pretty well especially with the popularity of this style of shooting in the states with the NRL Hunter and such but yeah um, again and then we finished up um, and my lovely wife uh, and with the help of Mark uh, organised I didn't a, help a lot you helped get it from my house to the shed <laughs> But she cooked a bunch yeah. of, well, she cooked like a lovely pumpkin soup, a, a bacon bone veggie soup, um, which was weirdly un- more popular than the pumpkin soup. I unchained her from the oven so yes. she could come down and help. <laughs> and she made some lamingtons. Look, oh, she's like, oh, we're going to make lamingtons. And I was like, oh, okay. Thinking, Who the fuck wants lamingtons? By God, they were That's nice. That's a very good, very good observation, girl. <laughs> Man, they went down a treat. Um, it's because no one's seen them for 30 years. <laughs> are they an old-fashioned thing, are they? Oh, yeah. Oh, did you have one? Yeah. Was it delicious with jam and cream? It was. Yeah, so there you go. Um, so that she's quite happy with that. So there's some talk of um, getting her to try and cater the um, the next round, Simon's round, in a couple of months, but we'll, we'll see if we can convince her of that. But um, thank you again. Thank you to you, Mark, for coming and narrowing the stage for a lot of the day and running around and um, doing scores and... Blah blah blah. Congratulations to the. Oh yeah, my score rating up was pretty good. You only made one mistake. Exactly. Try, you gave Anthony extra points. Um, only one. <laughs> wow. He got two. Someone he, slipped me. I couldn't work it. Remember who slipped me fifty bucks? He got like a twenty-seven out out of twenty-six on a stage. It's <laughs> um, pretty impressive. Yes. <laughs> but so thank congratulations. So we had um um Jordan in third. Jordan's a very very accomplished shooter. I'm not going to do last names. Um. Uh, he had an uncharacteristically bad like 15th or 14th or something at, at P10 um, oh. so he's sort of gunning to get his score back up um, yeah. and second we had uh, Mr Anthony himself the king of precision shooting in oh Jordan was in my squad at P10 that's probably why because oh, I drag, I drag oh, whole squads down you do you're a bit of a, an anchor aren't you yeah um, oh, I've done this before trust me you got a mag dump on it um, and just then so, keep firing. So Anthony, regular don't on, adjust. Really, he's a regular on the podcast. He's probably our most recurring guest. Um, I, he'll probably be on the next one. Um, he doesn't even ask. He just tells us he's coming on it. He's um, he's got that much clout these days. And he 
no, so he comes second last year, but on like sixty five percent or something. And then this year he comes second, but on ninety three point four percent behind ninety four point nine percent. So, and in the win, and the win is Simon from GPRE uh, with a very very good score of ninety four point nine, like we said, just down from his score last year. Um, but yeah, so a good showing from those guys. And then obviously we've got all the other lads filling out the top ten who are very very accomplished shooters. Yep. Now the interesting thing about this is, so Simon took the win over Anthony, but so that tightens the points up a bit. So in the series, we've got um, Anthony sitting on 197 series points, and Simon's yep. sitting on 195. Wow, Wes is way back on 90. Well, Wes has only done one event. No, no, I was just making it sound bad. Yeah, so I'm on 86 or something like that. I'm not even on this list, but yeah, I really need to. <laughs> My goal is now aiming for do a or die. I'm aiming for a podium. Speed rather than, versus versus precision. I'm probably I'm going to say it now. Ninety nine percent. I'm going to run the voodoo at speed precision. Oh, yeah. Yep. No, no. That's that's we've had this discussion. And I I think it's the right way to go. Well, my sponsor says I have to. Yeah. I might buy a element scope and put it on it. Who knows? No, I'll just keep scopes on it. We had to break back good combos, eh, mate? Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, the you can convert it to a semi-auto. It, I'm not gonna lie, that it's got that fast little 360 action. It's not that bad. Um, no, exactly. a, a lighter stock would probably be nice for that event, but we'll just run it and we'll go hard. See if if Anthony got one more hit last year at speed of version, he would have won, and then we'd all be going that bolt actions are the way to go. I think so. there was a couple hits ahead of him. Yeah, yeah. Wait. And then because he, he ended up getting knocked back to third because oh, that's right. Carl Squad's bad at writing things down because of. People. Illegitimate stuff. Illegitimate stuff. <laughs> um, but no, congratulations, those who did well. Again, so Simon can't shoot the next round, so he really needed this a good day today, uh, this, this other weekend. So Collie can shoot the next round because another event's moved, so he could potentially gain a couple points, but if yes. his score is worse, it'll stay the same because he can drop around. So I can't drop around, Simon can't drop around, Wes can't drop around. Your score is irrelevant now, because because you didn't shoot, and because your last one you might as well have not have shot at the last one. <laughs> that bad, it's pretty bad, but not pretty that big, bad. mediumly bad. Um, yeah, but it's keep it, it's keeping it tight at the top, which is what we want to see. We don't just want to see um, someone run away the series, and we and we we sort of know what's going to happen. We want to see it be challenging, and and the final will have a probably a one point five points value rather than so instead of being able to make 200 points uh, sorry 100 points you better make 150 or something simon will come up with some system that <laughs> no one system. understands all all previous points are wiped <laughs> but um, what a system eh? Go but on, what's cool correct. is wilkie will be back for speed burst precision so he can't win the championship but he can disrupt the top five quite heavily um, yeah, Wilkie's a spent force anyway. Yeah, well, I think he's. I think he might have got married in Europe or something. He's probably going to come back. Or, no, he uh, won't even care about shooting anymore. Nah, now. I know. Nah, he messes me about two times a week about it. So I think yeah, he does. Yeah. But, no. but so that'll be cool. He'll be back for that in the final. So yeah, <laughs> finals not for a couple of months, um, which is cool. We got a bit of time off. Um, I've actually got no events that I have to organise until January, which is, of which is nice because I've been like non-stop most of the year at least the last five months so um i'll actually probably spend some time with my family or i'll come pick hunting with you one of the two we'll see it's good i'll run an event in december then oh 
oh, you can you can cut me out. Yeah, you can go to someone yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, again, I want to thank everyone for coming. These again, I mentioned again and again, but we've got a bunch of new people coming. Really, really cool. And um, these events, like with every single one of our events this year, Mark has been sold out. Yeah, that's awesome, man. What have we done? Super Steel Long Range Challenge, which was three days. Yeah, P10, this one, and Winter Blast. That's five major events. These aren't small events; they're big, you know, and um, sold out. This so. Thanks, I mean, not everyone listens to this, but thanks everyone who, who turns up and actually supports us. Like, you know, if we only had five, six people or, or even ten, we probably wouldn't bother putting on so much of this stuff. We need more people. Have a friend get, friend bring a friend deal. <laughs> um, we're, and now, we're, it's yet to be confirmed. So now, the final is going to be the third weekend of January. We've locked that in with Mark. So that is at Mark's RTD Precision uh, shooting complex, complex. and uh, which <laughs> we call you wants a cool name. So um, um, range, that's like range seven. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> the newest one. Um, believe it or not, it's on the where we ran the Bowes Valley Brawl Course of Fire, which is very confusing for some people. But there is a plan. Um, it's going to be a big. It's going to be the biggest twenty-two event uh, we've ever done across in the southern hemisphere. In the southern hemisphere. <laughs> Because there's nothing down here. Because there's nothing fucking down here, and this, the Australians are way behind with 22. It seems so. That's going to be the. F- are we going to do that? The f- that's the biggest caliber they're allowed. Maybe I think it's, it's the 21st of January. I think. Yeah. It's probably going to be that, right? Yeah. So GPRE. So they're running round three. GPRE is is the match organizer for round, for the final two. So the tickets will be through Simon. Registration will be through Simon, so GPRE will not be through TLRS. Um, obviously, we'll be involved. So, and then the weekend after, we've got Surplus Steel, which is our yep. big um, military, surplus. which is going to be fucking madness as well. Shoot, um, everyone's already all getting amped up on that. So, because that's happening, I'll be putting my efforts into the design of that, and obviously the registration and blah blah blah. blah. So we'll split the jobs between us. Um, which is fine, and then I think Mark might match direct both of them because <laughs> um, I want to shoot the final and I want to shoot that still. But unless he gets, I, ne- I need some practice at match direct. He, you are now one of the best in New Zealand, apparently. So. No, 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 I'm learning. <laughs> I'm an apprentice. So again, and then the twenty twos is the sorry the th- round three. I think it's like the twenty. I, I might be off, but it's like twenty sixth of November. Um, and again, that is GPRE. That will go on sale, I imagine probably next month I'm guessing at a, at a really random guess uh, and then also with the Tirada Cinefy match so heaps coming up um, we've got a little bit of time off now apart from a few other matches we, we'll just turn up to and shoot that aren't ours yeah so keep an eye I guess Circle Steel will probably go on sale if it's in June probably November-ish start of November November that's going to be bigger and better also but we'll talk about that in the future because um, that's not tonight's topic yeah other than that, um, oh, one thing we'll mention: we, um, you may have seen a few pictures up of some Mag Dump Mark T-shirts. Um, <laughs> Simon got uh, Simon got them made for us. If if there's an hey, if you want one, message me and we'll um, maybe we'll order some. And um, if you, obviously you'll have to pay because I'm not buying everyone T-shirts because I already bought a bunch of people them and used up most of our shirt profits on buying shirts so we got these shirts made Mark didn't know about them until he turned up and there's no, half a dozen people not. wearing a t-shirt with a picture of him mag dumping his 22 on the back um, 
So maybe if yeah, if we can get maybe five or six orders, we'll um, do them. I, I think they're about $50 each. I'm not going to make any money off you. Um, and then it'll just be five bucks posted or something. So if you want one, message and we'll get some sorted. Um, any closing thoughts from you, Mark? No. No? Cool. All right. Well, thank you for listening again to our podcast. This will put us just over 10,000 downloads, which, again, that's no Joe Rogan, but... Um, <gasps> we'll win a free 7 mil PRC. Will we? I don't know. Uh, we'll I won a Voodoo, so life's pretty good. Um, I saw one being shot today. It's it's amazing. A Voodoo? No. I'll see him, oh, you watched that Backfire video? Yeah. I yeah. thought you hated that guy. I do. He's like he's like a young young Ron Spomer. Well, who would name their son Ruger? But anyway, it's just, I know that's yeah. pretty tragic. I'm I'm named Graham. That's pretty good. Could have been Tika. <laughs> Ruger American. It's got a bit of ringed up. Anyway, so thank you, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you all again in a week or two. Bye. All right. Bye.